Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. You know, if you've ever driven across country, uh, across the United States, you know just how big this nation is, how big the continent of North America is. I remember when I came out to California, I had to drive from Ohio, which is in the Midwest, all the way out to San Jose, California. And it, it I went through, what, more than half a dozen states, and it took me like three days of driving like 12 hours a day. It took forever, and it was just incredible. I just got a sense of how big the country was, just how big the continent was. And I think that's just North America, if you think about it, just how big our world is. Um, and I think air travel actually kind of makes – uh, the planet seemed a little smaller than it is. It's actually gigantic. It's 24,000 miles in circumference. Now, the wingspan of the United States is about 1,500 miles, which is forever. It's just, just giant. But if you think about it, like Africa is 5,000 miles across, which is more than three times the wingspan of the United States. I mean, it's just vast. Not to mention the sheer number of people, like 60% of the world's population live in Asia. And it's just massive. And then like Europe is like, so it's the most densely populated with uh, all those people living in there. What is it? 740 million people live in this tiny area. That's like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just incredible. Not to mention the biodiversity the ethnic diversity, the linguistic diversity, the food diversity, just it's astonishing how big and how wide the planet is. And yet God is at work in this place, in this place called earth on every corner of the earth. And that's really what Compassion Immersion is all about. We are in week two of our sermon series, Compassion Immersion, where we pause as a church to stop and just listen to stories about what God is doing across the globe. So today, we're going to focus on that kind of global enterprise God calls the church, the kingdom of God, breaking through in every corner. I've got Finney Abraham, our local compassion pastor, and Kayvon Tarani, our global compassion pastor here, and they're here to share stories about what they've seen God do and what stories our missionaries and our global partners are sharing with them about what God is doing across the globe. It's really inspirational. And I hope that as we share these stories, you'll see that God is really up to something and that we incredibly have a small part to play in what God is doing across the globe, his big global salvation movement. So, and so with that, let's just dive right in. Go ahead and talk. Can you guys talk? Yep. One, two, three. Came on Tarani. Okay. Live. Okay. Now let's talk global. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about the the world. All right. Now the world is big and it can be intim- intimidating to look at the global. So first of all, uh, as just even as we were talking last week about the local stuff, it's easy to get overwhelmed because there's so much going on. How do you guys? not get overwhelmed by the news of the world because it does feel like every time I open up the paper or when I say open up the paper, I mean, read the digital online version of the Mercury news. I I instantly get overwhelmed. It's, it's just, it's too much. There's, there's war in, in Gaza, there's Ukrainian conflicts, there's global, this global that I like, how do you not get over? Houthi rebels. Yeah. It's insane. Like, like how do you not, how do you not get overwhelmed by that do you guys because you guys live in this stuff yeah so what do you do it's pure and simple we we're not the savior and uh, there's something called the savior complex or the savior syndrome where 
we feel all the burdens of the world need to be solved by us. And uh, as pastors, we need to realize we aren't the saviors. We aren't the solution to the world's problems. God is. And to step back and say, God, you're in charge. This is this uh, we Holy Spirit enter this this area, and we have to kind of, uh, in some ways, step back and let God be God and pray and engage where we can. But we cannot be in all places at all times. We cannot support everything to the fullest that we uh, that it needs. Uh, however, we also are part of a beautiful. You're body saying of embracing the finiteness of us Absolutely. is is one way to and, and not we're, go crazy. We're people, but also. Uh, we're not just one. We are a, a group of many, right? As we see in uh, Corinthians and Romans, that uh, we all function in different ways. And we have a beautiful body of Christ uh, represented by roughly 2 billion people around the world that also need to be a part of this, the solution, right? Yeah. And so uh, part of it is realizing that we are not solely the solution to what uh, the problems ails the world right now. Uh, and also taking some of the pressure off of ourselves that God, you be God and, uh, and, and trusting and praying and more deeply rather than thinking that we are the only solution and we have to jump into every, every disaster all the time in its full. Right. And yet this place is pretty wealthy. And so it seems like part of our call is to use what God's given us to use money to help support Absolutely. some of the stuff to, right to, so there's that reality right to those he's given much much is expected right? spider-man so, right uh, oh wait no no that's not right <laughs> that's with great uh, power comes great responsibility that's I think. true that, as well yeah uh, but uh, yeah there is responsibility for those who have to be able to support more right god's blessed us to be a blessing to the nations uh, there's a lot of biblical mandates of the blessing that you don't just hold the blessing for yourself. If you do, uh, you bury the coins instead of investing those coins, then uh, then God doesn't multiply. You know, if you bring in a, too few jars before Jesus. We study God, that. We study that in the parable uh, in Matthew. Jesus calls him a wicked servant. Wicked. That's tough. That's that's <laughs> pretty harsh. It's that's pretty about harsh. as harsh. I, I sometimes feel like the guy who would who would because I'm like, man, I don't want to lose it. I may not be good at investing in it. But it's a harsh, it's a harsh punishment, man. It's There's reality that God's given us a blessing to multiply through His grace and through wisdom, not not foolishly, right? He doesn't want us to go gamble it all away in Las Vegas. He, there's there's some limits to what He wants us to do with our money. He <laughs> uh, doesn't want us to wager our entire life savings on the Niners He's, game. He says He says wisely, yeah, wisely invest. So, yeah, uh, so those are the things that uh, we, uh, yeah, He's given us a blessing to be a blessing. And yes, we are in a wealthy area, and more is called of our church than other churches uh, that might have a an, an entire church budget of four hundred thousand. Right. Uh, and so, yes, for them to give 5000 or 15000 is huge. Uh, but for us, with a larger budget, larger staff, uh, more buildings, and uh, more people who attend our church services, yeah, we should give more. Yeah, and, and I think so. We do have a fantastic culture by God's grace yeah. of, of, of giving. And I, I, if you look at the CI calendar this year, you'll see, I think so, We are, the number is about 28% or some of, yeah. of what we have yeah. has been given outside the walls of the church. 28%. It's, uh, Kayvon, you and I know this, yeah. and, and you know this too, Finney. Most churches give like, and, and, and I understand it's different. Yeah, it's different, and I, it's okay. I think so the next level uh, Maybe comparison like isn't helpful. Or yeah, 6%. It's, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's just real. But the, the national average is like 6%. Mm -hmm. Even less. It's actually closer to 2 uh, mm -hmm. So the nationally that... Uh, give outside the walls, purely outside of the wow. walls, that have, that have no association with their staff wow. or yeah, yeah. Uh, specific ministries of the church. So when you do those numbers, actually purely missions and missionaries and 
those things that don't touch the church walls, it's actually closer to two percent. So yeah, we we do want to be a, 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 a we do want to grow, and I hope all churches want to grow that number. We have we're blessed to have elders and uh, senior leaders at our church who deeply support the work of God outside of our church. They realize yeah. the church isn't just what happens in these uh, four walls, right? Yeah. It's what happens outside that matters just as much. And just as a caveat, uh, there is something called administrative costs for a lot of charities. They'll have like the money that you give them, and then there's the people that run the charities, and that money is deducted from what is given, obviously. Mm-hmm. That is not the case at Westgate Church. No, you no, guys no, no, are the kind of the administrators for, for, for local and global. Your salaries are paid by the staff budget yes. for Westgate Church, That's yes. right. which means that 100% of the money given outside of our walls goes outside of our walls. Exactly. Not, not a penny Does less. Not come yeah. to support there's zero administrative cost. It's very important. It's all us. shouldered by Westgate Church. And this year our leadership has uh, has had uh, have this goal of uh, giving 2.5 million outside the walls of the church as part of the one campaign. Right. Yeah. Each year 2.5 for the 2. next 2 years. Two years which would be the two largest giving years, a uh, single largest giving year and then hopefully two largest giving years of our church's history which is yeah. incredible. Uh, in a time when there are some financial pressures for people to step up and sacrificially give, and not just for themselves, not just for our own buildings and the upkeep of what we're doing here, but also to really minister to the world even wider and broader and, and help build things that will have long-lasting, uh, decades-long impact in other nations. Yeah. So let's get into some of the stories because I think some of the stories can actually help illuminate the neatness, the cool things that God's doing. So first off, I think a lot of people understand Wells. They understand what a well is, why a well is important. Um, so so that that probably doesn't need a whole lot of explanation. What kinds of things happened this past year, Kayvon, that inspired you as you interacted with your missionaries, uh, the missionaries that you support, the global ones? Uh, because for the first time in a couple of years, you guys, you and your team were able to go visit. Yes. That's part of your job is to go, part of your role yeah. is to go and actually literally support and spend time with and be a friend to. Yeah. Uh, be a pastor yeah. to our missionaries in the field. Um, so what are some things that you saw this past year, uh, just a story or two that just wowed you that you're like, man, there's some really amazing fruit happening in this in this part of the world. Yeah, I, I do get a chance to travel. I've uh, been in many countries, thankfully, to be able to uh, come alongside of our missionaries, see what they're doing, and uh, hear their stories uh, firsthand and actually walk in their shoes for a little bit and, and, and preach and teach alongside of them. Uh, this past spring, I got a chance to go to Uruguay, Bolivia, and Colombia and spend time with uh, three of our uh, great missionaries there, uh, missionary couples and, and, and families that we support there. Uh, so many beautiful stories of what God is doing uh, in these countries in South America, sacrificial uh, service. We got a chance to go to an incredibly impoverished area of Colombia. Uh, where unfortunately their cartels have a, a, a deep-rooted um, uh, power. And uh, just a, a month before I arrived, uh, I believe the mayor of the village, the area that we were visiting to preach and teach in, was assassinated because they wouldn't cave into the cartels. So now we're going into the cartel areas now uh, to be able to preach the gospel, street evangelism. We're not in a building, we're outdoors. Uh, and as soon as we get close to the village, we see two police uh, motorcycles go in front of us. Then we see two police motorcycles go behind us. So we had four uh, uniformed police officers escorting us into this village. So already I'm a little bit like, wow, okay, this is a big deal. And then uh, the, the new mayor and his staff come out and are there to help us to make sure that nothing happens to us. They don't want the, the foreigners to be hurt in this village. And we had a beautiful, beautiful, powerful outdoor service where couple hundred kids came out and parents came out. And this is in the streets. This is on dirt streets. This is not in a luxurious area. This is not in the, in the beautiful valleys and hills. 
um, in, in the in the dirt streets of Colombia. We got a chance to preach the gospel, play games. We had police police officers in uniform playing the games with us, um, and just giving hope to this village that I honestly it, it seems so dire and so hopeless. Um, and yet you see the smiles, the pictures that I took of them running and laughing, and, and we gave them some food and. And got a chance to preach the gospel, and they raised their hands and came forward. And many, many of the kids accepted Christ right there in the streets, to not give up on this village that the cartels have taken over, but to say, you know what, God, you can still do a miracle here, even though the mayor was shot and killed, even though these kids uh, may not realize what what what's happening around the world or around the corner from them. Uh, to bring hope of Jesus was huge, and this is being repeated all over the world. Um, right after I got a chance to go to Bolivia and uh, spend time with one of our missionaries, uh, a gentleman from our church and I uh, from Casa de Fe joined me. And so we got a chance to spend time with one of our missionaries whose husband was one of the first people who passed away of COVID in 2020, March of 2020. He passed away the first death in, in uh, Bolivia. And then her brother-in-law also passed away. So both sisters lost their husbands within one year of each other to COVID. And they run the orphanage there, right? They do. Right? They have a beautiful orphanage. And you would think after so much pain, so much suffering, um, so much uh, mm. uh, you know, uncertainties that they would want to give up. But they haven't. They're taking more. They're like, hey, well, we're ministering to more kids on the streets. We're taking in more people into our orphanage. We're educating more kids. And, uh, and this is in the capital more. city of La Paz, is yes, that right? La Paz, Bolivia. And just to see. And there's like so the many street there. kids. Aren't there like 6,000 so street kids? So many. And, and and La Paz is about 9,000, 10,000 feet in uh, elevation. So it's cold. In, in oh, time, it's super cold. It's not. Uh, it's colder than Lake Tahoe in some, in, in some places. And so to imagine living on the streets in, in that type of environment and these guys and gals go out there and dedicate their lives to rescuing street kids, giving them an education, giving them food, giving them shelter, and uh, providing a way for them to have a successful life after uh, high school. So, yeah, to be able to firsthand be able to speak and, and, and talk to and encourage the leaders as well as the people that they're working with. Uh, one of the things we do as a church is that we believe in encouraging and up uplifting our leaders because they're carrying a heavy burden, uh, just like Moses when the uh, yeah. separating of the waters or the battles. You know, he, he you know when there was battles happening, Moses needed Aaron and her to help. Uh, lift his arms because he was so tired. He was older, and and these two people came along, and that's what we are. We come alongside our missionaries, help yeah. lift their arms for a short season. Now, one of the things I'd love for you guys to talk about this for a second, because um, this I I know you know this. You're a bit of a you're both Bible nerds, but uh, I had to study the Book of Revelation for like a whole month because I'm doing a, a lab on Revelation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I remember before I went into the mission field, I had a pastor say to me. You better get your theology of evil right, Dave, because you're going to encounter stuff that's going to mess mess you up. And one of the things you see in Revelation again and again, it's 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 not just evil, an individual making an evil choice. It gets into systems. It gets into whole patterns of society. So I think about the cartels, and that feels like so overwhelming because that's a system that's a pattern that is corrupt it's evil it's 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 of satan um and and the whole town the whole village is underneath that how 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 do you help people and when when they when they see that when when they get overwhelmed by it how that's that's like a that's like literally like kind of a kingdom of darkness kind it of is. thing it's it is. systematized sin that goes viral 
and starts to infect the whole area. So how do you help people get hope in the middle of that situation when they see that? Because they're like, well, there's nothing you can do. The cartel's got all the money. They've got all the guns. They've got all the power. So obviously there's nothing we can do here. Like that that would be the hopelessness that would come in. Yeah, I mean, the cartels try to act as a pseudo savior in those communities, right? So they come alongside and how they gain so much power is they use the drug monies. They use the prostitution monies to give some food to people, to protect people in a sense, right? Like you pay us, we'll, we'll take care of you. And so they almost act like pseudo saviors in those communities, uh, but the fruit is darkness, and mm. the hope is is, is it's actually it's false, yeah, and it's a false hope. So, uh, I, I would say that the, the battles belong to the Lord, right? And so he he has won the victories in in people's lives, and they need to know who that Jesus is, who's the true Savior, pointing them to the right Savior, not the cartels, not politics, not politicians, not. Uh, you know, uh, things of this world, they can't save. Uh, they can create systems, sometimes good, sometimes bad, um, and oftentimes failing the humanity. And so where, like you said, where's the relational? Where is where is, uh, where is a God who comes alongside of us and walks with us and suffers with us and took the cross and the beatings for us? Um, and when uh, people hear of a, of a Jesus who suffered even more than they have, uh, who, who loved even more than they have and, and gives hope, in a place that they don't have any kind of hope, it, the light is incredible. And it's this light that's missing. Like you mentioned darkness a few times. Uh, when when people encounter Jesus, it's like a light bulb going on in a dark room, and then you see everything. And so, uh, thank God, there are people in the And cartels. these are church leaders you're partnering with. It's Absolutely. not just like one guy that goes in and then leaves. No, I mean, these are embodied. Systematically, week after right. week. Uh, they have teams that go out there uh, and they're to build the lives. local church in the kingdom of God in that Absolutely. place. Right, right. And they, they realize that they could be killed any day they go out there. And this is just right. one of the countries, many of the countries we served in have uh, cartels or, 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 or factions that want to kill Christians. And so uh, thankfully they have favor. They, they are loving in such a way that uh, even the cartels are realizing that they need to step back sometimes and not engage uh, in, a, in a dark way or evil way our missionaries. So we're thankful that there is some peace there, uh, but we want to bring the peace of God into these communities because truly the only thing that will turn around this city, this village, this country uh, that we're seeing so much devastation both in South America and North Africa and in the Middle East, almost every other country is having some kind of turmoil internally or externally is the hope of Christ can redeem incredibly and shine light in darkness and reveal truth. Yeah. I remember I was at a meal uh, with uh, my mentor in... Uh and seminary Gary Brashears and he and it was before everyone got there for the meal and he like looks at his phone and he's just like man that's crazy I'm like what he told me of uh there was a missionary that they had supported for years and years it was in Africa and they were trying to do some work um with medical relief and AIDS AIDS relief and it was a clinic that they had built like a compound and the local area the junta that was there really hated them and so they were going to march on them and kill them and so they were like pray 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 please pray and so everyone was praying and uh, that night, uh, there was no attacks. And so later on, they, they kind of wondered, like, well, I wonder why they, they said they were going to come attack us. They said they were going to come kill us because they didn't, they thought that they were a threat to, to our power. Why, why didn't they, uh, why didn't they come? And one of the soldiers had said to somebody and it had gotten back to them. We got there, but there was a huge ring of the wall of fire. We couldn't get through the wall of fire. And I'm, I'm, there was no wall of fire. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and it was, I was like, it, this is what I'm talking about. Like yeah. the, this is the kind of otherworldly perspective you're going up against systems. You're going up against spiritual, uh, in, a spiritual warfare about, again, and, and this just sounds insane to people, but for people who are, 
who have no other, uh, I mean, yeah. that there's no other options. The kingdom of God is, is the reality. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you have anything to add, Finney, about? No, I mean, I, I would say the same same struggles of spiritual warfare are real even locally in our, our Oh, sure. Areas, oh, sure. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and it is interesting when people step into breaking those cycles of um, issues that people uh, experience here, poverty and other things. Whoever steps into that kind of a uh, space, uh, the, the kind of stuff things that they go through is pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, because you're calling out greed. You're going up against mm-hmm. people taking advantage of other human beings right. for their own gain, yeah. uh, which is the same thing everywhere. I mean, this is not yeah. this is not new. It's not just the Bay Area. It's all over the place. This is what it does seem that this is what humans do. Yeah, and um, you know, I mean, I was reading one of our our partners, uh, Bay Area local. Uh, anti-trafficking uh, coalition. We, yep. we support them. Oh, man. Uh, one of the things that they were talking about is how foster foster kids who come out of the fostering system after 18 is like a prime target, especially here in this area. Prime target for uh, trafficking. sex trafficking right here where we live. Oh, that's pretty horrific. Oh, it's crazy. So, I mean, so th- this is not an issue imagine, out there. This is an issue right here, yeah. too. You imagine saying, oh, this is a great place for me to mm-hmm. take and abuse and manipulate like yeah. kids that's just absolutely evil whew, that's a that's a that's as, as my wife would say there's a special room in hell for oh, you yes. <laughs> uh man that, that's something something dark there uh Kevin, um okay so that's some south america stuff uh I, but i know that we work in other areas too yeah um, we, do. we have a lot of global missionaries uh we primarily work in uh obviously the south america central america corridor we also work in africa uh, in different countries there, uh, and all throughout Asia, from uh, you know, really from uh, Lebanon and and the Mediterranean all the way uh, to China, yeah. Southeast Asia, we have missionaries. So the Middle East, ways. and you opened up India pretty recently. Yeah, India. By the way, how do how do we talk about India because it's not Asia, and it's not Europe, and it's not Africa. It's like its own it's subcontinent. Asia. It is what, subcontinent. What, what, do it you just say the subcontinent? What, yeah. how, how do you talk well, about usually, India? Usually, I say I am an Asian, but you yeah, do not. You call yourself Asian? Yeah, I do. Oh, you know, I, I, I write down the continent of Asia, and so even Iranians. No, are you're Asian. you're you're Midwest. <laughs> you're Midwestern. I'm Palestine Midwestern. You're Jews Middle Eastern. Asian. <laughs> Middle Eastern, but we're on the continent of Asia. So if you take so you a continent, you basically go from Turkey all the way all the way over to over to Soviet. Technically, Jesus is Asian. Yes. <laughs> Just letting you know. Yes. He's Israel. not white. <laughs> well, I know he's not white, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pa- Palestinian. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, we do have a, a lot of missionaries serving in different contexts. Uh, some are working on, again, poverty alleviation. Gospel proclamation is huge for most of our missionaries. Uh, others are working, uh, you know, t- in areas where there's extreme terrorism. And, and yeah, let's talk about the super dangerous ones because I think that <laughs> it's like it feels like Jason Bourne. There's a couple. Are you allowed to talk about what uh, area? Name names, but you no, not names. Name but regions. can you say countries? Yeah, no, countries are fine. Yeah. Okay, so what countries are people in, and what kind of work are they doing? Uh, we have folks working uh, in, directly in Afghanistan. We have people in, um, in in the Middle East. Many of the Middle Eastern countries. We have Egypt. We have Lebanon. We have Syria, Iraq, Iran. Uh, we have North Korea border in North Korea, in China, uh, in uh, um, yeah, different uh, North Southeast Korea Asia, border. Uh, that Laos. sounds rough. So it's uh, we have people in some very very dangerous zones uh, where if they get found out, they'll be jailed. Most likely jailed. Some possibilities of being killed. Wow. Um, and they know that they go into the situations knowing that. Uh, that martyrdom or death could be a reality. And what's them. what's the work they're trying to do there? Uh, in those areas, it, it, it's 
gospel proclamation uh, through underground churches, uh, through home so groups. So building home groups and underground churches. It wow. cannot be. Uh, most of the countries that people are serving in, in those areas, contexts, are, aren't allowed to even have church buildings. So sure. everything is done within a home, within a, a private residence or someplace. Uh, obviously, a Bible distribution, uh, being able to print and or uh, smuggle Bibles into different regions for people yeah. to have the Word of God on their own. Now yeah. we have the digital uh, gospel now, thank God, that we're able to get uh, things onto people's phones. <laughs> wow, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Physical Bibles, which is yeah. great. That's actually changed the, the scope of, of scriptures and how we can engage people and, and get the scriptures faster into people's hands. In their native tongue, in, in their, their native, native language. Tongue, native, yeah. native uh, yeah, exactly. Dialects sometimes as well as... Uh, some of our missionaries have helped with actually creating uh, Bibles and New Testaments of that people's language that has never been created. And so we just had that happen a year ago in Indonesia. Uh, one of our missionaries that we've been supporting for uh, over 10 years, uh, over 14 years actually, uh, was able to uh, have the MoMA translation of the Indonesian Bible for a specific group on the island of Palau. And so how cool is that, that we're able to, I even have a copy of it in my office, that they work so hard with a team of nationals and locals uh, to be able to have the scriptures in that language. What's incredible is I was looking at the the, the numbers. Indonesia is so many millions of people. It, it is, is gigantic. Yeah. And there's like a people group that I've never heard of with a dialect I've never heard of that has a million people. Yeah. A, a, a million. Yes. I'm like that. that, And so it's like that. that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, I... I just don't know. Okay. I, I had no idea. And so they they were able to get, they were able to not only go to this island, but also translate yes, it. Translate the and then not just translate it, but like build little communities to they walk did. through it. To teach people how to, to teach people, And also what the scriptures, scriptures say. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, this is incredible. Taught because they've never had the scriptures in that's the incredible. How do you actually use the word of God in right, teaching? Right, right. Yeah, that's good. Now, were you able to go to Indonesia this year? I wasn't uh, this year. I hope to. Where are you going to go this year? Do you know? Uh, this year, uh, I'm hoping to go to the Philippines, uh, possibly Indonesia, uh, most likely Thailand, and if I get a chance to Laos. So I'll be in Southeast oh. Asia. Oh, wow. Uh, to be able to visit our missionaries. And a Southeast Asia tour? Southeast you and Taylor Swift, right? We <laughs> 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 say hi. She's going, I think, for different reasons. Yes. Um, very exciting. Um, you know, there's one uh, line that uh, that I was really inspired by K1 sermon is that uh, quote that he has that the gospel um, will not will not reach to these places unless someone goes. How, how, how is uh, that? The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. The gospel is only good news. Yeah, if it, if gets, it there. gets there on time. Yeah, someone has to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's, powerful. That's that's it's the powerful. calling, man. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, okay, so now let's get into that. Not everyone probably is going to be called to be an international missionary, mm, and God has put us where we are. So talk a little bit about opportunities for people to engage um, or also to uh, get involved. Absolutely. As I shared uh, in, in uh, my sermon uh, is that there's so many opportunities God has for us, uh, but we have to make room. Uh, we're in a busy culture. We're in a place where... Uh, we're inundated, uh, bombarded by social media, by things, by, uh, you know, uh, the attraction of, of accumulation. And so for us to be able to uh, live out Christ's commands in this context of the Bay Area culture, we have to let go of some things. We have to make some space. I believe that's one of the key things that uh, I pray for on a regular basis. I agree basis with you, For bud. myself, for yep. my kids. I agree uh, with you. There's just so much stuff that, that bombards them and to say, make some room, make some space for God to be able to move. He wants to use all of us. And 98% of us, 99% of us won't become long-term missionaries. It's a, it's a small fraction of people who become long-term missionaries in another culture, in a country. Uh, but we're all called to be missionaries in the context that God puts us in, the Bay Area. 
And I remember I was in college and one person asked me, where are you going to be a missionary? And I said, the Bay Area. They're like, no, no, where are you really going to be a missionary? I said, the Bay Area. They're like, the Bay Area is in the mission field. It's other countries. I said, who said? We have so many lost here. We're in one of the most lost parts of America is right here in the Bay Area. And that's the context that I became a Christian. And I want to help others get to know Jesus there too. Right. They're like, wow, I never thought about that. That local can be mission. And so we believe in that, but people have to make a little bit of space in their lives and find maybe one thing that, that is draining um, their days and hours. Uh, you know, uh, some people might be gaming, right? They may be gaming five, six, seven hours as adults. And it's like, can you cut that back? Can you imagine what you could do with that? The good you can do for humanity and for God if you're able to release a few hours of those gaming, you know, or other things that might be what I call time dragons. Um, so time I, dragons. Yeah, time dragons. Wow, they, you gotta slay those time dragons. Exactly. I love so, it. Uh, that's uh, my job's a time dragon. Can I quit that? No, I'm kidding. I like my <laughs> job a lot. I'm, I'm just kidding. I no, like no, my no. job a lot. No, we need I'm to have kidding. jobs. Our family time and our kid time. Yeah, you're but not saying extra. you're not saying get rid of responsibilities. No, 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 you're saying it's important because that yeah. actually helps us resource the kingdom. Like sure. God uses our jobs. God uses sure. our skills and abilities. Uh, that's beautiful. But there's stuff outside of that that sometimes takes so much of our time that we actually have so little space to give God to move. It's like God. Here's the one square inch of my life that you can move in one day a month, right? And so it's four like, minutes <laughs> on Tuesdays. Like, yeah, yeah God will say, I'll use it, Kayvon, but can you give me a few more inches? You yeah, know, yeah. could you give me another day? And so I believe God has a purpose and a plan for us to be local missionaries, serve alongside of our missionaries, serve alongside the, the opportunities we have. Even crushing cans and recycling it can create wells in other countries, and the gospels proclaim when those wells are dug. How cool is that? Like just by bringing our recycling to church, we're doing mission. How yeah. uh, innovative was that when we started that 11 years ago? So uh, I love seeing the creativity in the body of Christ. And we have incredible minds uh, that go to our church, uh, creative people that are doing great work for their businesses. What if we could utilize some of those skills and talents and abilities for God and helping our missionaries and helping them get stronger in what they do? Right. So one and of the things we have go trips. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, Where are the go trips this year? Uh, we're going to be going to, uh, I'll, I'll be going to the Philippines and visiting Southeast Asia. We'll have a Bolivia trip. We'll have two Mexico trips happening as well. And so, uh, yeah, those are the countries we'll be engaged And most with. of the time, there's a little bit of a different philosophy because some people think uh, 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 Westgate, the go trips are to go and learn and experience what the local missionary is doing. Often partner with them, listen to them, spend time with them. Uh, but it's not so much about going there and doing a flurry of activity that they need need done. So it's not like a service trip so much as it is a learning yes. and relational trip. Yes. Is that is that yeah. fair to Depends say? Depends on what countries you're going to. Mexico does have the opportunities to use our hands a little bit more because there's so many buildings there. And there's so much stuff that we need. constantly building yeah. and rehabbing yeah. older buildings. And there's a school. There's yeah. an orphanage. Exactly. Yeah. There's so much. So I took to the do. I took the youth there and we like retiled this and exactly. did clean this and did that. And the kids love that. They Because they, they felt, you know, they felt like but they were active. Just a portion of the day. That's not the whole day. Yeah, no, no, no. And so we want people to engage with the people. We're there for the people. We're there for the relationships. We're there to encourage the kids. These kids sometimes uh, have come from uh, difficult family situations. And sure. Some of them are on the spectrum and have uh, things that they couldn't go to normal schools for. So they created the school for those who uh, were rejected from other schools. And it grew. This uh, school of 30 and 40 that was just for the orphanage now has grown to almost 300 and, and continuing to grow with the elementary school, junior high school, and high school. So yes, we do engage with our hands in Mexico, but then we also spend time with the kids all afternoon and throughout the day. Play uh, ton of soccer. A lot, a lot of, soccer. of soccer. Kids have an endless... Yeah. 
yeah. energy for for soccer. I found uh, for or football. I should say they love football. And, no uh, cricket though. Bolivia more so will be relationships, less so buildings. A we're at uh, working at about ten thousand, eleven thousand feet, so our lungs kind of <laughs> are on fire and we can barely breathe. Uh, but uh, those who after a day or two acclimate, we just spend time with the children. We spend time listening to their stories, incredible heart wrenching stories, but also the hopefulness that comes from being a part of this orphanage that they talk about. Uh, we get a chance to see how they learn trade and get a chance to walk with them and take them out. We actually, in both uh, these trips, we'll be taking the kids out to uh, to someplace fun, beaches and lakes, and give them a day. Uh, we we'll say, put your hair down and just kind of enjoy an, a day out and, uh, and and activities and food. And so we love to celebrate with the kids. So, yes, we're learning about the culture. We're learning about the people. We want to come alongside them. We want to come alongside the missionaries, give them a little break, uh, and share God's love with the kids as often yeah. as we can. But also, we've got the CI calendar you can check out. We've got our missionaries here for the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So and visit them. K1 always talks about this. Take small steps. So if you are new to our church, get to know our sure. missionaries. If yeah, you've yeah. already known them, connect with them and yeah. see what you can do more. Uh, yeah. Giving or praying or going. Right. Um, if if you're already doing that, um, you know, get to get to be involved uh, in some of the projects that they're doing and yeah. and champion yeah. for them. Yeah, you know? yeah. there are a ton things, of things we can uh, do globally. One yeah. of the things that are, uh, just recently I've been hearing about is a couple of our small groups have adopted certain global missionaries on their own, and they actually call me and say, "Hey, is it okay if we communicate with them?" I say, "Absolutely." They say, "We want to pray for them for six months. We want to communicate with them. We want to send them a care package." And this is mm-hmm. life groups who oh, are just adopting so cool. a missionary. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big and deal. It's a, such a simple thing to do, but how profound for our missionaries to be able to get a care package from a small group they've never even met sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. And some of our missionaries have only been overseas. They haven't even come back and visited yeah. us. And one, and a recent one just said, is it okay if we work with this missionary in India? I said, absolutely. They would love for you guys to do that. And so we want to encourage small groups and uh, individuals to adopt and, and, and consider yeah. a, a few months, a six months of, of focused prayer uh, and engagement with a missionary globally and and or locally as well. And to engage yeah. with them if there's a passion or a cause of one of our missionaries that you want to come alongside of, how much we can help them multiply the good that they're doing. One of my favorite, I'm, I'm not allowed to have favorite missionaries, but one of my favorite missionaries is Roxanne Robbins yeah. to Katana mis, mis, uh, Missions. And she says that Westgate Church is her home church and she doesn't even live here. She lives on the East Coast and in and 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 over there in, in Africa. And, and she she really does feel like this place is like a support. Like mm-hmm. she's got friends, she's safe. Because every time she comes, it's like, Yep. showered with adoration because we just love I think that's I love the same her. thing our Haiti missionaries would say exactly. oh yeah the mom premieres yeah Absolutely. So which is work. funny because it's like I love I love that I love that they feel like Westgate's like family because they're so we well regarded and loved and supported that's cool and there's so many teams of course that have gone to Haiti yep. uh, and, and it's not just to help with the university there in Haiti that they built, but also to support the mom premieres. It's, it's a hard work and to have that kind of support. So we, we encourage you to take a step. Also just, just a, a word, just um, help people not feel guilt. Mm-hmm. Like there's a couple of people like me who are like, they get burdened and mm-hmm. a lot of folks I think have a lot of compassion. Mm-hmm. It stirs in them and that could be overwhelming. So mm-hmm. like, like pray, <laughs> no guilt. Yep. God will highlight, just pray. God will highlight maybe, and not everything is yours. Not everything. I mean, there's things that you're good at. There's things that you're passionate about. So no and guilt. That's, that's very important, Dave. I, I think, uh, folks, this is not some sort of a, you know, it should not lead to some sort of a spiritual abuse to say, folks, like, hey, you have to do it and, and yeah. make you feel guilty. Uh, just go according to the where the wind leads, like where the Holy Spirit leads. Yeah. Right. And and our uh, heart is to steward that well. 
and not to just uh, be uh, lazy about it, but to take a step. Yeah. But if if it is a season that is difficult and cannot, totally, we understand. And yeah. this is one of the things I loved about Steve. He always used to say, uh, some of you are in a season where you should not give. And you know how much it has actually healed me. Yeah, and some of you sh- are in a season where you should not go. Like, right. you've got three little kids at home. Exactly. Susan would die. <laughs> Susan would die. And some of you are in a season where you should go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, right. it's all, it's no, all right. between you and God. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So, just spend some time. Gents, uh, oh, by the way, final final question. Are you banned from any nations, Kayvon? Are you on the... I might be. <laughs> if I'm on a you list of about five, maybe six nations right now. Are you really? <laughs> yes. Well, that's amazing. So, like, for example, you literally should not fly into those nations and land. Yes, I will be killed. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you'll be killed. Not just arrested, killed. So, Kayvon Bourne, that's your that's your real name. Kayvon Bourne, the Bourne identity. But hey, look. Are I, you I, taking I, on the cartels? Is there a, <laughs> is there a go trip? To lead a paramilitary secret organization to take out their cartels in oh, Colombia? I mean, he has stories about that. <laughs> I mean, he has a story about a missionary actually walking into something like that. Oh, that's crazy. It's pretty it crazy. is pretty crazy. We have had a missionary encounter the cartels directly and uh, go in and rescue some people from their uh, headquarters, which is unreal, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, but with God's power, not with military. Not, not, not with like God. with knives, not, 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 with not knives doing the Jack Bauer people. thing. No Jack Bauer. No James Bond. No. And Jesus. <laughs> so, yes, we have had some crazy stories. That's actually God. more impressive, I think. <laughs> Encountering uh, cartels. But, yes, you know, we, we are uh, amazed at the sacrifices of some of our missionaries. That's crazy. Do to yeah. be able to reach Amazing. Want to reach. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you, gents. As always, great to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, it was awesome. Thanks for uh, heating up this value and shining a light on this, a beautiful aspect of God's kind of global church, but also, like you said earlier in our first podcast, Finney, just the activation, God's heart, God's mission to move and um, to not to not just keep this to ourselves, but to, to spread this. Thanks. And thanks for also stewarding the largest budgets at Westgate. <laughs> you guys spend so much money and we love you for it. Because you, you're supporting all these local and global missionaries. Thanks, guys. All right. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right, bye. All right, just want to say thanks to Kayvon Tarani and Finney Abraham for joining me. Well, that's Compassion Immersion, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Join us next week as we dive back into the book of Matthew. We're going to be in that until Easter. And then we're done with Matthew, guys. Can you believe it? So join us for that as we restart Matthew next week. We'll see you then.